how many believing for recovery and restoration of some things? I guess that's where I'm going. It's good. I can't see really any of your faces except when you're up close, so that's not good. I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30 with me tonight. Story of David. Uh, one of my there's many great in, encounters that we get to participate in Scripture with David. David had a lot of amazing things happen, and we're encouraged by so many things in the life of David. But I just I really wanted to just focus on this one portion of Scripture, and you probably are familiar with it if you've spent any time in your Bible. How many like your Bible? How many love your Bible? Come on. you got to love the Word. I believe that if, as, soon as, as soon as we just continue to devour the Word and allow Him to come in and let the Holy Spirit breathe on the Word, some amazing things will begin to happen. You know, the more you get the Word inside of you, the more authority you have, the more the devil can't push you around. Someone say amen. It's true. I'm telling you the word will break every stronghold. It'll break things that are getting your way. It brings faith in your life to move forward. And so I just want to speak a word out of, about hope and restoration tonight, okay? Everyone needs a little encouragement every now and then. And so last week we had a complete blowout in here. It was awesome. So we'll see what happens tonight. I, I'm, I, it was good. I was going to be compulsive and preach a message that the Lord gave me this afternoon after I already had a message. So I don't know if it was compulsive, but I was just feeling like, come next week, because <laughs> I think it's going to be really good. So I'm excited. I want to give that message right now, but I won't. I'm going to restrain myself. All right. I'm going to read from uh, verse 6, chapter 30. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. And then David said to Abethanar, how's that? I don't know. The, the priest and Ahimelech's son, Ahimelech son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar, that's better, brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. We ask, Holy Spirit, you help us to grasp and understand all kinds of principles tonight that you give us and you release from heaven. We thank you for the life of David. It reflects the victory and the overcoming presence in, in every believer's life. And I ask, Lord, that you show us what you've given to us that we can walk in true true authority in Jesus name so I just want to give you a little background 
It's a rough time for David right now, never mind the fact that he's already fleeing for his life and been hiding in caves from King Saul. He had the opportunity to take Saul out, but he didn't because he honored the anointing. Right? He honored the anointing on Saul's life. Even though he probably, come on, he could have probably taken him out because why? He was trying to kill him. And so he, he, he withheld anything that was, was in his heart. <clears throat> and he continued to hide in caves and he was a fugitive. Ha. Come on. He was a fugitive. He had no place. He had no home. Sounds like someone we know, like Jesus, had no place to lay his head. But the reality was this, was that as David was, was roaming, he made alliances with the Philistines. And sometimes we make alliances with people we shouldn't because we've got no one else. And so as the Philistines continued to work with him, and David was a mighty warrior. How many know that? David was a crazy warrior. It said that, you know, they would continue this chant that David, that Saul would contend with a thousand, but David killed ten thousands. Come on. David was a mighty man of war. He knew how to bring warfare. He knew how to do tactical things. And so he had already, he had already messed with the Amalekites and taken everything from them. He basically took all their stuff. Someone say, took all their stuff. And so while he was fighting with the Philistines, he went in and he, he pillaged, he took all those things, and, and then he was moving, and they were all at Ziklag. They were all, they were all stationed there. The, the camp was there. And what happened was the Amalekites showed up to get their stuff back. But the anointing of God was on David's life. And can I tell you, sometimes things we've received can be taken away from us. Even in the kingdom. Right? Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold of something tonight. And that's a, a view of hope. <laughs> because some of us have been without hope for a long time. Some of us have been distressed for a long time. Some of us need a word of encouragement, and God wants to bring a word of encouragement because sometimes we get tired, and sometimes we get distressed, and sometimes we're without hope. And the Bible says that without hope, we just lose heart. But when God releases hope on our life, it brings a tree, a life, brings life to us, right? And so hope is, it gives us expectancy to see results, and you can't have hope without expecting something, right? <clears throat> and so the Bible says this, it says that David was greatly distressed. Here's what happens, they leave, they go off on another journey, probably going to fight someone else with to, to go encounter another, another ite. And they're off, and when they come back, all the women and children 
Everything's gone. Everything's been taken away. And it says that this, it says that the people were in such distress that they spoke of stoning David. And let me just, let me just stop here and say that sometimes we can be doing everything right and still things start turning around and things don't look good from the outside, right? And I just want to encourage you tonight that there's, there's some principles that David learned to strengthen himself. David learned. It says that everyone was grieved and he didn't know what to do. And sometimes when God pulls some things away from you, sometimes when we don't see clarity in our whole situation, sometimes when we think we've been, when we've, when we not think we've been, when we've been stripped of things and things have been taken from us, we don't see in the right perspective, right? Because most of the time we'll go to someone else and start, I've lost everything. Something's happening in my life. I don't know how to change it. And I have people all around me and in my life that I don't have an answer for them. Sometimes you just don't have an answer for why things are happening to people, right? Sometimes things go south and we don't have a reason why. I've been doing everything right, right? We, what about Job? Right? And the Holy Spirit wants us to focus on one thing, him. The Lord always wants us to focus on him because it says here that he, he strengthened himself in the Lord. In the Lord is God. And then he said, bring me an ephod. Why? Because worship is the one place where you can enter into God's presence. And that's the only place you're going to find comfort. How many remember the story about Paul and Silas? It says that they were imprisoned, they were beaten, and they were thrown in there, and they just began to worship. And I think sometimes we feel caged and we have got no place to go and we've been caught. There's some type of bondage. Hello? And God wants to free you. And I've seen God supernaturally free people instantly up here at, on occasion. It's awesome. You don't even have to have a word from God when God just decides to do it. Right? Just bam. And someone gets completely set free and they leave here a thousand times lighter than they did the week before. Right? And I'm telling you, God is in the business of when we focus our worship up, he said, bring the priestly God. So you, it's the priesthood of believers. Do you know that your priests and your kings, you're just like David. You've been called as a priest and you've been called as a king. And the king walks with authority and the priesthood just learns to worship. And they know how to go in and out of the presence of God. And God's trying to teach a church, the greater body, bigger than us 30 or who 40 here, whatever it is, that God is looking for the king priests to arise. 
God's looking for a whole new generation to arise that know how to worship, that know how to continue to go before him. And I'm telling you guys, when we go before him like that, when we access him, we have all hope because he is the hope. He's the great hope. He's the blessed hope, as I learned in Scripture. The Holy Spirit brings us into a place where we access, we have access by faith into what God's calling us to, that the priesthood, all of us, can move. And then when we declare and we speak, we know what to do. Because I'm telling you, just around the corner is an answer. How many times, how many times have you been in a place and you feel like you just can't hold on another minute? God, I need an answer now. God, I need you to speak to me now. God, he's never, I say this all the time, he's never late. He sh I sure wish he'd be early, but he's never late. And I believe this, that the Lord is speaking to the church to hold on, but to pursue. Pursue. Because what happens is we begin to lose our legs. Any, anyone ever run? I know, some of you not in a long time. Me either. But sometimes when you're running a race, you know, there's, there's something that happens. And I, when I used to run more frequently, <laughs> I haven't ran a long time. <laughs> but sometimes when you run, they call it this, this runner's high. Because I've been in the place where I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't run anymore. And then you just go into something like a trance almost. That you just, the, whatever it is, the endorphins in your body just begin to carry you. And I'm telling you, God is, that's that scripture that said he's going to give strength to the weary, right? And I'm telling you guys, some of us need to hold on a little longer because just around the corner is the answer. It's, it's just right there. It's, it's just one more day away, maybe only an hour away, maybe two months away. And you think two months is a long time, but it's going to be on time. And so I just want to speak hope to you tonight. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in what? Believing. Because if you don't have peace in your heart and you don't have joy to believe, you've got to be encouraged that God's going to bring something to you. You've got to be encouraged and expect, I'm believing. I'm believing, God, it's the end of this financial mess. I'm believing, God, it's the end of this physical in infirmity. I'm believing, God, it's the end of my thinking that is not lined up with you. Right? I'm believing that. And so it says this, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to release hope in the Holy Ghost. But you can't do that unless, come on, unless you have joy and peace. I don't, I usually don't see things when I'm anxious. I'll tell you, it blocks me right out of the presence of God. I can't think right, I can't read right, my, I don't see what I'm supposed to see when I'm anxious in my thinking, when I don't have joy in my heart, that I don't feel 
like doing stuff because my motivation is like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Your mind has control over your emotions. And I'm not saying the church should be always in the emotional high, but I am saying this, you're supposed to walk in joy. You're supposed to walk in hope. You're supposed to believe that God's about to do something and he releases hope in the Holy Ghost. It's not by our own might and our own striving and our own trying to figure things out. How does this happen? God, how do I go there? No, you go, get me the ephod. God, I need the ephod. I'll wear my priestly garments and I'm going to worship you. And God's going to bring something spectacular in my life because I'm worshiping you. And even if he doesn't, I still have you. I still have people around me that love me. Oh, you do. You always do. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope doesn't disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out on our hearts. By what? The Holy Ghost again. That's been given to us. I don't know how we do anything without the Holy Spirit. You can't live spiritless. You can't live by our normal, temporal thinking. God has to come in and release the Spirit of God on your life so that you have hope, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all those self-control. But I have to pursue. See, because if you don't pursue the lover of your soul, the fire of God will never touch you. I promise you. I promise you if I don't chase, not in striving, I chase him because I love him. I chase him because I need him. I chase him because he's wanting me to chase him. <laughs> and he's waiting for me to chase him. Because he's not hiding anything from you. He's hiding something for you to grab hold of. And it's the answer to the thing you've been looking for. Pursue. This is what David did. He pursued. <laughs> he was pursuing something else. But the word pursue is to follow. It's to catch. It's to attack. It's to seek to attain. It's to proceed along a route. It's to follow or continue. Continue to investigate and discuss. And it says this, right? That he pursued his enemies. And it was under instruction. I'm going to flip this around because we need to pursue the Lord as priests. Right? Hosea 6.3 says this. He said, let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. And his going forth is established like the morning. <laughs> the Lord is all about awakening, man. I'm telling you, he's all about waking people up. And it'll come to us like rain, like the former rain and the latter rain. And we've talked about that before. But when the rain comes, my life needs to be continued to be, I need rain and I need more rain. So here's what I'm saying to you. 
You need the Holy Spirit to what? Not draw back. The enemy is there to intimidate us, right? The enemy is there to take your stuff. The enemy is trying to mess with your head and pull you back into poverty mindsets. He's trying to pull you into to being depressed and to be all kinds of other things. I'm not speaking that over your life. But I am saying this. He's always trying to pull you backwards. And here's what he said to David. Go pursue the enemy. Oh, that doesn't work with my spiritual warfare. Nobody's given you all authority. And you should never, ever shrink back. What does it say? It says about faith. It says don't shrink back. You don't shrink back. You run forward. We have to always move forward. And when the enemy comes to take your stuff, it's funny. I've heard some crazy stories about people just losing stuff. But there was a prophet of God that lost his knife. And I may have told this story before. Pro prophet by the name of Bobby Connor, And he was in his hotel room and he's like, God, I just had that knife. And that knife someone special gave to me. And he, he just spoke it out. He said, God, I want my knife back. And it went pop in the air and dropped on the bed. I mean, that's crazy stuff to me. But let it be so that you're not afraid to speak and things come out of the spirit and move into your life. Because honestly, it's all everything you don't see. Some of you got it. It's all about what you don't see, guys. It's all about what we don't see in the spiritual atmosphere around us. Are we bringing stuff with us that clouds our spiritual access? Are we accessing heavenly places or do we bring another cloud with us that's different? Come on, somebody. And God wants you to be in pursuit of heaven. And he wants you to not be afraid of the enemy so you can go and pursue and get the things that were always promised to you back. Are you hearing me? He wants to restore. And rest, restore, the very meaning of the word, is bring back. <laughs> bring back a previous right, a previous practice, a previous situation. How many have things that they want to see brought back? Yeah, I want to see some things back. Right? There's inheritances. I want to see it back. Right? There's heavenly things that you've yet to attain that maybe you even walked in for a season and now you don't operate in that anymore. Why is that? It's not God. It's either the enemy put fear in us, caused us to take a step back. It's not time for a step back. It's time for a comeback. Right? It's time for a comeback. You're going to go after it so that everything can be restored. That everything that you feel like was lost can now be restored. And I'm telling you, everyone can receive this message in one shape or a form. Because <laughs> it's either spiritual stuff you're missing that you're not operating in, or you, or you lost some physical things, or you, or, you, 
or some things in the family or something. Come on. We're going to call back kids tonight. We can call back family members tonight. You can do whatever you want tonight. It's all open to you, but you need to not block your mind from things. You need to open your heart and say, God, I want that thing back. So restore is also to repair or renovate. And it was so good. You know, I had, I had an open, I, kind of an open vision, and I shared it a few weeks ago, I think, about my dad when he passed away. And it was spiritual stuff that began to happen. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, when you lose someone close to you, I don't care what anyone says, all of a sudden the things, some of the things are really, really thin. Access to, to heavenly things because you're aware of eternity. Are you hearing me? It's the truth. I believe that. And so I'm sitting there. I'm in bed. I get up. I have this. It was a bit like a dream in out. Like I, I was kind of half awake. And I heard my father call me. Miles, come upstairs. And I didn't explain this well last time. So I'm redoing it. Miles, come up here and help me put this bed together. Fix this bed. I was on the second floor. He was on the third floor. What was, it, what, was the, what was that speaking of? It's speaking of this. God calling us to a higher place, calling us to the third heaven to restore a place of rest. And everyone needs that restored in their life because we do a lot of striving. Telling me I got a week off. It's crazy. It's like, what do I do? I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm doing two jobs at once. So it's like, now I get to rest. Do I? Can I shut my mind down? Can I get in and just relax in Jesus and be restored and refreshed? I hope so. Josiah, make sure I do. Hopefully, but there's something of rest that we need to enter into, right? And we need to rest in the fact that when you go after God and when you go after what the enemy's taken from you, because it's twofold, right? You go after the Lord and you're asking God, I'm just lifting up my voice. I'm worshiping you. I, I glorify your name. I thank you for everything. Just become thankful for everything that you have. And thankful for the things that you don't even have yet. Right? And that the Lord will begin to do something fresh. And you begin to pursue. And you say, I want that back. God, I'm asking for that back right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue getting that back in the spirit. Not, And you can't strive. Hello. You can't strive. God's going to do it. You be vigilant in prayer. Right? We're believing for Awaken America. That's not, that's not what it was called, but I'm going to just... I'm believing for God to awaken America. I'm believing God for awakening New Hampshire, Massachusetts, New England. Come on, we're at ground zero, guys. I've said it before. I believe that, that we're at ground zero. And it won't happen unless you pursue and say, enemy. And I don't, I'm not into talking to the devil. I'm really not. But I can talk to Jesus and say, Jesus... We have all these wells of awakening. I don't want to pick up 
Charles Finney's mantle. I don't want to pick up George Whitfield's mantle. I want the mantle that was waiting around for Miles. I want the mantle that was waiting around for Brendan. I want the mantle that was waiting around. Oh, yeah, we got to pray for you guys. For Damon. <laughs> How many want that? Because there's something epic that's about to happen in the region. I believe it. I totally believe it. You can't tell me any different. I'm watching what's happening on the streets. I'm watching what's happening all around. You can't tell me it's not happening. It's going to happen. It's already happening. It's already in the process. So this is my thing. I'm going to say to the Lord this. I'm pursuing that, that you come, God. And that you release a greater grace on the church. You know what greater grace meant? Great, crazy signs, wonders, miracles were pouring out of the church. And then those that didn't believe were like, whoa. And the fear of the Lord came on people. Not on people in the church. The church needs that, though. But it was on the, on the non-believers that all of a sudden God was moving in such an extravagant way that now the power and presence was shaking the earth. So we can talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it no more. I will talk about it. That's a lie. <laughs> That's what I do is talk. I won't stop. But God wants to recover and restore fresh mantles of awakening. Fresh power on the people of God. But you have to pursue if I don't pursue, it won't come. And I like this. For you shall surely overtake and recover all. I'm telling you guys, God wants to bring a restoration. What does recover look like? What does recover all look like? I don't know. The only thing I could find and recover in the Bible is this. Mark 16, 15 through 18. <laughs> he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized and will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. These signs follow those who believe. How many believe? That's good. There's a couple people that don't. You need to believe before the end of the night. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And they'll drink anything deadly. How many want to try that? I'm joking. Come on. And they will recover. Here's the thing about recovery. God wants to recover the ancient pathways. What does that mean? Enoch spoke it and declared it that the ancient pathways would be restored. What does that mean? That we go in and out and in and out and in and out and in and out. 
I've said this before. Why did he not come back? Because he went in and never came out. It's the truth. He said, I'm good. I don't need to go back. Send my wife a note. I'm telling you guys, God is about to restore and recover everything in your life. Because what happens is the closer that we come, the closer that we come to Jesus, the the more that we pursue, the more that we seek, the more we'll find. The more you seek, the more you find. And I can't be satisfied with partially recovering a mental of awakening over New England. Come on. Okay, we got some of it. No, no. But you want to recover it all. And everyone in this room, you've got things that you want to recover. You want to find them. Return to a normal state of health. Come on, recovery. Some people in this room, their bodies need to be completely recovered and restored. To find or regain possession of something stolen or lost. Ready to regain or secure something legally. Legally. So the Bible said in this. The Great Commission, I'm going to pull it right out of context. I'm, I'm telling you now, they will recover. Listen, the church needs to recover this whole verse. The whole entire church needs to recover the whole verse. That we go and we make disciples. That we baptize people. That the Holy Spirit's moving in such power that there's restoration of... Because Jesus is retained. You hear me? It's what it said in the book of Acts. It said, the heavens will retain him until this happens. Until the whole entire earth hears about Jesus. The whole entire earth. And people are saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit and brought to salvation, right? And so God's wanting to come in such a way. That's just one thing I'm talking about. And everyone in this room, you've got situations in your life that God's going to bring an end to one way or another. Right? That it may not happen right there, right now, at this moment, but the power of God is about to be unleashed in this place. In New England. I'm saying this place. unprecedented. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, I have such faith to believe that God is going to bring something of eternal, an eternal bomb. Listen, all the ground, I still think there's some ground that's still fallow. But I'm telling you, from 20 years ago, it's nothing. I look at it and I laugh. 
And I'm telling you, you should be encouraged. Whatever God is doing right now, listen, just go to the Lord and say, I'm pursuing all this. Some of you need to make a decision. I'm going to pursue this and recover everything. Because the reality is, you shall surely overtake. And without fail, you shall surely overtake. Whatever's been going on in your life, you should surely be able to overtake and without fail recover everything. And I'm not talking, listen, if you're trying to get things that are bad for you, I'm telling you, you're going to fight the Lord on it the whole time. Don't try and, sometimes we're looking for stuff that God never ordained for us. Ready? Here's with it, and you're going to have to discern what that is for you. Because the reality is that God wants you to walk holy and purely before him. Back to the ephod. God, I'm a priest, and I know in your presence exactly what's my portion. See what was happening? Ziklag? David had a right. Ready? David had a right. You know why? Because when I read through the scripture, it told me that the mountain that he was on was the mountain that Caleb inherited. Oh my. It wasn't just one generation. It was multi-generational. That's why when I'm reading through encounters about the 1700s, about what happened in New England, that I can take claim it and say, this is mine. This is for my generation. This is for my kids and my grandkids. And I won't stop until, until it happens. Are you hearing me? What did Caleb say? Caleb said, give me my mountain. Caleb waited and waited and waited until he was 80 years old. And he had great strength. And the Bible says that he spoke and said, that's my mountain. I'm taking that as my inheritance. And I've said this before, the word Caleb is like a biting dog. It's like the bite of a pit bull that won't let go. But some of us, what happens is we get stuck. We think that everything's just going to happen real easy. I wish it would. But the more, I, more I'm in this, I just don't let the stuff bother me. It can hit me. Boom, boom, boom. You know, you're like Neo, right? The bullets, phew, boom, ting, ting, drop. Right? Stuff is going to come at you. The choice is what are you going to do when stuff comes at you? What do you do when trials come? It says, Peter says that they're there for your, for your benefit. I don't like that. But that's what the word says. They're there to mature us. Great. I love that. But how many like it? But no, you better just have joy, right? You're laughing at it now, but it's true. We should be laughing at it. We should be laughing at the things that come at us. Because sometimes things are coming at us, and God wants to just see what we're going to do. Ha, am I going to laugh at my problem? I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm not saying ignoring it. But when stuff comes at you, what are you going to do? 
That's right. You worship. You stick your hands up and worship. And don't be ashamed. And don't worry about what people think around you. Because here's what happens is we're so worried about what everyone else is thinking. And we're worried about who is around us watching us as we're going through our stuff and we're supposed to have it all together. But I'm telling you, God's word to us right here is that it's coming back. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without, without fail recover all. And Jesus said he's coming back when everything's recovered. Hmm. What does it look like when the earth is restored? What does it look like when actually we believe for the, for the billion soul harvest? I know, that's not even enough, right? It feels like, I feel like half the earth should be saved, right? At least. A billion. And God wants to bring us into a place where we're agreeing with heaven. So stand with me tonight. Just pray some things. Look at your neighbor, but how many need to recover something? <laughs> Come on, everyone in this room, bro. Right? There's things that we need to recover. We want to see restoration. So let's just agree in prayer. Father, we just thank you tonight. We thank you for your love. I thank you for every person in this place. Thank you, Father, that you're trying to bring us into complete agreement with what you're doing all the time. <laughs> so we are, we're standing here tonight, and we want to be in agreement with what your purposes are, with what your plans are. And the only way to do that is to access heaven and to receive from you, God. And I thank you that you made a way. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that gave us a gateway right into your presence tonight. And so, God, we ask tonight that you just restore and recover everything in every person's life in this place, Lord. I ask that it would happen absolutely supernaturally. Lord, we speak to every mind that's not aligned with you, that needs restoration. We need change in our thinking, God. So I ask right now that you just do that, that the power of the gospel will change tonight and we'll transform tonight. I thank you that the blood of Jesus never loses his power. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. He's able to do everything. Everything in this room. Everything. Nothing's too hard for him tonight. I thank you, God. I thank you for your fire and your presence in this place. And we ask for access, Father, to things we haven't had in the past things we might have lost, things that have been hidden from us. 
but we don't see an end to, God, I ask that you open that up. And I thank you, God, that there's inheritances in this place, mainly spiritual ones, that you want to open up tonight. And I thank you that we're going to grab hold of those today. Lord, we ask that you open the physical, that you bring us into perfect healing tonight. That not one thing that we're asking you would bypass. Lord, I pray tonight, I declare tonight that our eyes would be open to see Lord, the things that we need by the Spirit would come in a place of rest. I thank you for joy tonight. I thank you for hope tonight. I thank you for your love. So, Lord, as we pursue, we take authority over every enemy. We take authority over everything that's not of you in this building. We take authority of everything that's a, a wrong mindset in this place right now. And I pray you shake it off of people right now. And Lord, I thank you for inheritances. I thank you for nations because you've given us nations as our inheritance. And there's people in this room that will reap a harvest of nations. I thank you, Father. that America is our inheritance tonight. And Lord, we declare it tonight that, Lord, even as we celebrate our independence, as we celebrate freedom, Lord, that the entire state would be free, that the entire New England would be free, that the 50 states and Puerto Rico would be free. We thank you. We thank you for who you are and nothing, nothing is too difficult for you. Not one thing. We pray right now, we declare over, over lost relationships. We pray for missing relationships. We put, pray for situations that have pulled us away from every people in our family. Father, we ask that you just restore those things right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the voice of authority in everyone's mouth in this place. Lord, we declare tonight that there will be no more lost authority. I thank you. Even as we declared last, last week that you restore and bring great hope tonight. So we just thank you and we worship you tonight. Places. We call the ones back that have been separate from you, God. We declare over everyone who's not walking with you, that we're close to, we call them back now. Thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit.
the fire of the Holy Ghost that restores things back to its original form. I'm telling you guys, when the fire comes, it changes how things look. But it comes back in its purest form. So restore by fire, God. Restore by fire tonight. Thank you, God. We lift our hearts before you, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, God. We thank you for an atmosphere, God, in this place that all things are possible. We thank you that there's nothing too hard for you. We speak to those things that we've lost from the east, south, north, and west that they come back. I thank you for the gravitational pull of the Spirit that brings those things that are lost back to us right now. In Jesus' name.